Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I am your host. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us, our guest on the show today is Mr. Jamal Hafner of Spot Fitness, coming to you from San Antonio in Texas. Jamal, what's going on, man? How are you today? Hey, how are we doing? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Very, very well. Um, I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited to to pick your brain on this. I got to ask Jamal some of my own curiosity type questions before coming on our recording here. Uh, And so I have a pretty good idea of how spot fitness works, at least from the surface. But Jamal, I want you to kind of explain this in your own words. I'm a big believer in context. And so for people listening who aren't familiar with spot fitness yet, describe this to us. When you talk about spot fitness, what is this business? What is this studio about? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm glad to be on. So I I appreciate you guys for having me. Um, Yeah, the spot fitness. This is my my baby here. uh, something that you know we've been we've had um, in mind for quite some time, so we're blessed to finally um, have a brick and mortar and uh, uh, changing lives one pound at a time, right? Um, so what we do here, um, primarily, it's a one-on-one personal training studio. Um, we do offer a small group uh, training as well, so one-on-two, one-on-three. Um, in addition to that, uh, we do have um, some small group classes as well um, in the business model. Uh, um, in addition to all of that, um, we also are uh, nutrition coaches. I say that with this because um, I am not a um, nutritionist. However, I do have a pretty deep experience with nutrition um, as far as uh, building nutrition plans, macro plans, so on and so on. Um, I come from a bodybuilding background. Um, so food, um, nutrients, those are very, very important keys towards success. Um, so it's something that we, we really um, challenge our, our clientele to uh, take a deep dive into and kind of revolutionize the way they think about food and eating and nourishing. And everything. Got it. Um, okay. Yeah. So a lot of components to this. Yes, sir. In the grand scheme of things, this is a relatively new business, but take me back. You said we finally got into our brick and mortar. Take me back, not necessarily to the day that the doors opened, but the day that the idea popped into your head, I'm going to open up my own studio. What was going on for you and, and what inspired all of this? Man, um, so this was always the end goal. Um, I, I, I gave myself till I was 40 to get there, right? Fortunately, I, I just turned 37, so I'm ahead of the, uh, the nice uh, work goal there. Yeah, thank you. Um, but yeah, I have 15 years uh, training experience kind of behind me. Um, started at the big box gyms, of course, um, then went on to kind of the small studios and micro gyms and things like that. Um, yeah, like, like I mentioned, uh, we've always had the business plan. We've always had the idea. Um, but there was a time, uh, March of um, 2021, um, where, um, you know, there was a lot of things going on in the world at the time, right? And <laughs> A couple um, at least, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the particular facility I was at uh, previously, um, there was also some things going on in there, um, you know, and, 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 it, and it was kind of a sign for me. It was, you know, hey, you know, there's a lot of things about this place that I'm at now. This is 2021 um, and the places I've been previously um, that I like, that I enjoy, a lot of things that I'm going to take with me and kind of put them in my pocket and, and, and implement uh, when I have my own place. Um, and then there were things that I did not like. 
Um, so, um, you know, I hit, hit that fork in the road and was like, you know what? Um, I can continue on this path, you know, a growing business. Uh, at the time, it was the number one personal training studio in San Antonio. Um, you know, so it was a tough time for me to say I'm going to leave. However, um, you know, the opportunity was here for the spot. Um, I had uh, an investment partner who was re ready and, and waiting to pull the trigger. Um, so things just kind of lined up in the right place at the right time. Um, and it was at that time, um, March of 2021, when I started looking at real estate in the area. Um, and uh, it wasn't until June, July when we found this location. Uh, yeah. Locked that in in August and opened up in November, November of 2021. Yeah. And so things happened quick once we decided this is the route we're going. We were a pretty tight timeline of, of operating. Anybody that's opened up a business like this before mm. knows that that's, that was a quick window for you to go from signing the lease to opening the doors. But uh, I think for a new business owner, I want to highlight one of the things that you said. For a new business owner, experiences leading up to being that business owner it is just as valuable to know what you don't want to do as it is to know what you do want to do. And there are plenty of examples in fitness of people that opened up businesses like this because they had a boss or a business structure or whatever it was that just something didn't click mm -hmm. internally. I know I can do this. I know I can do this in my own way differently than this. And a whole lot of businesses in our field have been started with origins like that right I go, i'm gonna grab a pot of coffee and figure this thing out along the way and yeah. in a short window of time later you're a business owner and and now here we are more than a year later of you officially with the doors open you're still here so something must be going right at right, least right. <laughs> look back on that time putting all of this together and, and operating in your first year what's been your favorite part about being a business owner so far and what's been the hardest part about being a business owner so far man i think the answer is the same believe it or not i think okay. it's um having kind of the full autonomy to kind of conduct business the way i feel is the, the right way you know um as far as interrelations with customer service with the clients um as far as how we're marketing how we want to be perceived by the public um you know, I think all of those are, are, are big, big positives. But on the flip side, there are also negatives because, as you said, as a new business owner, you know, there's only a certain amount of marketing I've had to do previously, right? And I just hired to market myself. Now I'm marketing a facility um, out, slightly outside of San Antonio. Um, I'm having to uh, market trainers and kind of promote them as well so that people know, oh, okay, there's you know, we have various times, various trainers, various uh, backgrounds and so on and so on. Um, so a lot of those things become very uh, um, uh, tedious and labor intensive. Um, all of the background work, you know, um, it kind of, um, in a sense, I'm working just as hard at home away from the gym as I am here when I'm at the gym, because um, I'm always promoting something, always marketing something, I have to create flyers, I have to create new events, um, new challenges for the, the, the members and everything. So um you know when one part it's really good it's like yes it's ours we got it we're here we're changing lives people are motivated they're ready but at the same time it's still more work to do <laughs> it's never ending work. list that's yeah sure. man yeah man so it's, gift and curse double-edged sword there. yeah i think I, I i couldn't agree with you more i think 
people open up businesses like this because they want the freedom they want in your words the autonomy to operate the artistic license if you will mm -hmm. but that also means that everything comes back to you right yeah. the buck stops here <laughs> you are the ceo as much as you are head janitor as much as you are director yes. of marketing Rubbing as much toilets, as you are sales manager all of these titles are are on your desk and so it can be a lot. Uh, and, and I assume, and, and most people that open up businesses, especially in the fitness field, eventually want to delegate those things. We're just about a year in, so we'll save that conversation for later. But <laughs> yeah. you mentioned the, the marketing of this and marketing the facility yourself, other trainers. In, in the year or so that we've been doing this so far, what's worked and what hasn't worked from a marketing standpoint? Ooh, good question. Um, to be honest, I'm not 100% 100% sure what hasn't worked yet. Um, okay. I know as far as like the guerrilla marketing, the flyering, uh, business to business outreach, things like that. I know those are things that typically take a long time to develop a pipeline. Um, so not to say they haven't worked yet. Um, not to say they haven't worked. They just haven't worked yet. Um, you know, uh, but as far as the advertising or marketing that has worked, a lot of it is on social media, um, always doing paid ads there. Um, what I found is the time of the day you post is equally as important as the content. Um, you know, you don't necessarily want to post, you know, three o'clock in the afternoon, you know, most people are, are working middle that part of the day, you know. Um, so what I found is, you know, early morning posts as people are getting ready for work, you know, first thing people do when they wake up, 90% of people is they check their phone, right? Uh, while they're on their phone, they check their social media. While they're on there, they check their email on and on. So if I can get early morning email sent out, if I can get an early morning uh, like motivational post set up as well, um, I found that, that usually there's a lot of return on that, whether it's just messaging or uh, direct messages or likes, things like that, um, or even prospects and leads as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's been our bread and butter primarily, uh, Facebook and Instagram. Um, I would say we get more prospects in its totality from Facebook, but we have a lot more um, actual um, uh, scheduled cons consultations through Instagram. Interesting. Um, not, sure, not sure why that is. But that's, yeah, that's I don't kind know. of that's a trend a, here. It's an interesting thought experiment, at least. And so for clarification here, Jamal, within mm -hmm. these platforms, Facebook, Instagram, has this been entirely organic? We're putting out content and engaging with our audience, or have we put an advertising budget into these platforms? Both. So when we first started out, we did have an advertising budget. Um, we, you know, we weren't able to run with that for as long as we wanted, um, just because it, you know, we hit a little dip in, in sales. Um, so it was a matter of, okay, well, you know, can we function without this overhead? Um, or do we need to keep pumping this out? At the time, you know, it, it didn't, we didn't, it didn't warrant having them because we weren't getting any um, any leads from it, you know. And again, that was something that you know was going to take some time to kind of develop, and you know, we, yeah. we understood that, um, but we had to cut it short just from a, a budget a budget standpoint. Um, and then, so now, yes, it's primarily all all organic uh, between my wife and I, uh, my brother. Um, you know, we're. You know, they hit it on their personal accounts. They hit it on my personal account and, of course, the, the gym accounts. And we try to hit it on all fronts, um, you know, as much as we can. And, you know, so far it's okay. It's been a, definitely um, at a snail's pace, 
but we do get consistent flow of uh, communication and in, um, um, engagement um, and, and leads as well. So, yeah. so far, so far, so, so far, so good. Yeah. I think this is, it's, it's really a challenge for marketing in general is a challenge for mm -hmm. people in our industry, mm -hmm. especially when coming from a training background when all we, like you mentioned, all we had to worry about was building up a client roster yeah, and getting them to it. show up. That's it. So I think it's, it's worth acknowledging that it is just hard in general. <laughs> yeah. It's a hard thing to do. Yeah. You guys, you mentioned that you started out with an ad budget. It wasn't as fruitful as we would have hoped. And so we moved away know. from that as a strategy. And I hear that time and time again on this show. Wow. And Wow. From a, a small business standpoint, it makes sense. I mean, we have to be strategic with dollars going out and pretty confident that there's going to be dollars coming back in with anything that we do. Uh, and, and so I, I get it. I think it it's a tough hill to climb for sure. Uh, take me to the next step in the process here, though, Jamal. Somebody reaches out, mm -hmm. interested, Facebook, Instagram, walking off the street, wherever they came from. Yeah. Walk me through the sales process for that person to eventually sign up. What happens? Yeah. Who are they talking to? What's that conversation about? Yeah. So lead management, um, typically, you know, um, I want to answer any questions. So more often than not, I'll get an inquiry. Hey, how do I get set up for the consultation? Right. Which I love. It's a perfect question. <laughs> it leaves me plenty of room to kind of fill in the blanks there. Um, so, yeah, typically um, when we onboard them, um, you know, we try to get an idea of uh, what they want, right? You know, why are, why are you inquiring? Are you inquiring because you need help with nutrition? Are you inquiring because you've been working out and not necessarily seeing the results you want? Or are you inquiring because, hey, I have not worked out. A uh, doctor says, I need to get in shape. I need to do something. I'm calling you. You're my savior. How do we do this? You know? So I want to get an idea of why they're reaching out to me. So, you know, I typically you know, ask that, you know, well, you know, thanks for the inquiry. I really appreciate it. Um, you know, we're available to say this day between these times, um, usually give them a couple of times which time works best for you. Um, and then from there kind of get into their why, like, why did you reach out? How did you I hear see. about this? You know, things like that. Um, and then from there, yeah, we'll schedule the session. Uh, first consultation is complimentary. Um, you know, kind of take them through a few uh, movements uh, as far as uh, form, technique, range of motion. Um, uh, we go through a little cardio test as well to kind of see um, what their endurance is like, if there's any. Um, and then, yeah, from there, it kind of gives me a better outlook on the amount of time I believe they need to train for, um, both duration and length. Um, you know, that way, you know, when I go into the closing process, I have, I have, you know, all my tools in my belt, you know, I know, you know, they can't do this, this, and this, I know it's going to take this long to correct some of these, um, in, um, uh, in, in, inflexibilities, um, on top of that, you want to lose this much weight, it's going to take this much time, you know, so as I'm going through the actual closing process, those are all things that I'll bring the light and utilize as I'm, um, trying to get them to see that this is where they need to be. Yeah, it's almost, and I, and I make this analogy a lot, it's akin to some sort of medical professional, right? Diagnosing whatever's going on and prescribing a solution. Here's the best route for you to, to do whatever it is that you told me you want to do. Yeah, I would assume that 15 years plus of training helps in that process. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Being able to, to confidently <laughs> say, hey, you want to do this? It's going to look like this, this, and this. Mm -hmm. I'm sure it instills confidence in a buyer, yeah. you know? 
Yeah, absolutely. No, you're you're 100 right. You know, and that's something that I think sometimes I take for granted. You know, it's until I see another trainer kind of struggle with a prospect or a lead um, that I realize, why aren't you saying this or why aren't you doing this? And it's like, oh, I have this many years of experience with this type of uh, person. You know, so so yeah, it is something that you know you kind of forget because you know you're you're in the gym, you're always here, you're always doing it, um, you're always practicing, so it's never like out of practice. Um, but yeah, yeah. Having that experience goes a long way. You know, I can, as they walk in, I can already spot issues, you know, <laughs> in their hips, their knees and shoulders, I know before they tilt, know. all kinds of stuff. Yeah. So before they know it, I already uh, got to fix this, this, and this. <laughs> I come into yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, beyond that, Jamal, hypothetically, this person signs up, mm-hmm. what influences retention or or the longevity of their training with you the most what do you focus on to keep these people around yeah so i mean to simplify it i mean obviously the results right they see results they're going to stay motivated they're going to continue to do it you know and as they see results i like to also give them um, additional goals to reach like you know i know you didn't come in saying you want to do 10 pull-ups but look how strong you are look at your development here look at your flexibility let's see what we can do now that's your new goal you know uh, 10 pull-ups by the end of the, the quarter or whatever it is um you know uh so results are a big big part of retention obviously um but ultimately like if i can be 100 percent real with you I've had clients, stubborn, stubborn clients who didn't listen on the nutrition and didn't do their stretching, didn't do their, their fasted cardio, whatever I prescribe, right? Um, but some reason, somehow they stick around. And I believe it's 100% uh, due to how you treat people, you know, how you have the attention to the details, you know, remembering certain things, um, um, even simple things, you know what I mean? Birthdays, um, uh, different milestones, all that yeah. stuff. So yeah. everything they tell me, I, I try to write down. So I always have it in the back of my head. I'll, if it's a birthday or a special event, I'll have it programmed in my phone. So it'll pop up usually a week in advance. And then on the actual day of that way, it kind of refreshes my memory. Um, but I think wholeheartedly how you treat people, how consistent you are about how you treat them and how you regard them. You know, they're not another number. They're not another, another person here in the gym. You know, you're my client. You're now my friend. And I have your best interest in, in, in heart, you know, whatever your goal is, that's also my goal for you and some, you know, and I think expressing that passion and, and, and you know, making sure it's believable, you know, because ultimately you want to have those true feelings for it to be yeah. believable. Otherwise, you know, it's an, it's an act that they can read through. Um, but yeah, just having, just having that consistency and how you deal with them, talk to them, regard them in and out of the gym, I believe goes a long way. Um, if I were to to summarize here, I think as an industry, we've we've forgotten about the the personal part of personal training. Mm-hmm, we've mm-hmm, lost that mm-hmm. somewhere along the way. It's a sales think, job now, you know. That's what it's turned into. Big time differentiating happens when we can remember things like that. People appreciate it, especially coming out of three years of lockdowns and, and whatever <laughs> repercussions come from that. It's uh, those things matter. Yeah. in a small business like this. Now, Jamal, everything we talked about has just been, what have you done so far? So flip the switch and kind of look to the future with me. Sure. I've been doing this for a year. Short term, this would be first. A year from now, where do you want to see the spot? What's your goal for this? Oh, good question. Um, so a year from now, so we'll be going into uh, the new years of uh, 2024, right? 
Um, you know, honestly, I, I just want to see, I want to see a busy gym. You know, um, there are slower times, you know, where I'm not training, where the, one of the other trainers isn't training. I would, I would like for basically all, all day long for there to be a body in here getting in shape, working out or, or working toward their goal. Mm -hmm. uh, I really feel like, you know, that, that'll be the, you know, the best way to sustain, to, to be able to have longevity. Um, you know, there's nothing wrong with having breaks. You know, midday, I can do things like this. I can go next door and eat at the new restaurant that we have, uh, you know, things like that. But at the end of the day, you know, the more people we get in, the more lives are going to change, the more lives we change, the more referrals. It's just an ongoing thing. It goes on and on and on. So, yeah, I, I want to get to a point where not only my schedule is full, but my other trainers, their schedule is completely full, where they, they almost can't take on new, new people. Um, so I want to get us to that point. Uh, I want to also be able to maintain an established class schedule as well. You know, whether it's one, two or three different group group settings, um, I want to be able to maintain those, you know. Um, you know, I know it's harder for us for a smaller, smaller gym. We don't have the Gold's Gym advertising budget to tell people, <laughs> you know, hey, we got this yeah. new Gold's CrossFit. Come on by, check it out. You know, like we don't have that budget. But you know, I, I firmly believe that, you know, if we can grow it to the point where we're always busy, um, we'll have the same outcome. You know, we'll have those, all these classes filled. Uh, we'll have more demand, which means we'll have to create more classes. And that's where I want to I want, where I want to be. You know, I want to yeah. be there. Yeah. yeah. It's a fun conversation. And, and it similarly kind of circles back to how we started this. You get to make the rules. This is your business. You can do whatever you want to do. And it sounds like growth not necessarily just wide but growth tall too we want more people always and always on yes other yeah. things here so to really make for a well-rounded business i'm excited mm. to see what the future of this is we're running a bit shy on time here but i want to save at least a handful of minutes for you to tell people where they can learn more about spot is there a website what's the best social media how can people find you yeah, so I am. Uh, I just hired a new uh, website person. <laughs> so our website is down at the moment. It, it is spotfitnesstx.com. Uh, but for the last uh, 30 days or so, it's been out of commission. Uh, in the future, uh, turn of the year, you can look for us there. By the time this airs, it'll be up. Yeah, yeah. By the time this airs, it'll be Yeah, I shouldn't have said that. Uh, <laughs> in addition to that, um, Instagram, you can find us on there as well at spotfitnesstx. Same thing, um, same as Facebook, Spot Fitness TX, and then TikTok as well. I have a, I have a nice, fun TikTok. Um, uh, usually a bunch of gym stuff, funny videos, instructional videos, coaching, uh, things like that. Um, yeah, you know, you can interact with us on any of those. Um, from time to time, we do some live stuff as well. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's where you can find us, Spot Fitness TX on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok connect with jamal and the team on those platforms jamal this has been awesome man i i really yeah. enjoy this type of conversation especially early on with a business owner to to kind of game plan out what's worked what hasn't how do we do it better moving forward and, and i'm excited to see what the future holds for you it sounds like you still got some cards up your sleeve so yeah man tuned. i do it's why it's why i keep them keep them hidden so stay tuned for everybody <laughs> in the san antonio area that's all the time we have but i appreciate yeah. you coming on here and, and i wish you nothing but the best one man grateful for the opportunity man thank you so much absolutely and to everyone who tuned in thank you as well don't forget if you'd like to be notified about future episodes hit like and subscribe 
you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lawrence out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Joseph, and joining me on the show is Nikki from Train Hers in Bristol, United Kingdom. Welcome to the show, Nikki. How are you doing today? Thank you. Thank you, Joseph. It's good. It's good to be here. Of course. I'm very excited to have you here, Nikki, you know, to talk about your gym business, train hers, what you guys have going on there, what it looks like. But before we dive into the nitty gritty business side of things, I'm curious, when you first established this gym business, Nikki, what was the vision you had in mind for it? Um, well, I, I jumped from being a special needs teacher to opening a gym. So the first okay. thing I did was so it's like a big mega learning curve as mm -hmm. I had no business background, I had nothing. I just felt that there was a niche corner that was um, wanted for a ladies only gym in the area. Something that locals wanted. I'd been a member of one similar and it was one I was comfortable in. And so wanted to share that and open my own to share it with other people basically. Okay, so a large jump from industry. You were a teacher yes. at one point, and then you're like, you know what? I see a gap here. I want to fill that and be able to serve the women of my community. So you jumped, got into gym ownership, and now here you are today, Nikki. Exactly. I love yeah. to hear that. Um, so for the listeners' understanding of you know who you are and what it is that you do, why don't you give them your elevator pitch? So what kind of services do you offer to your ladies at the gym? Okay, so basically within the gym, the, the main thing is a, a 30-minute workout. So most women will come in, do their 30 minutes and leave. What we've got are 10 individual stations with resistant machines, individual exercises, cardio machines. By doing three minutes on each piece of machine, you get a full body workout and you're in and out of 30 minutes. On top of that, we offer one-to-one -one personal training sessions, which is also included in the membership. Mm -hmm. And we've also got um, a treadmill, which is separate to the circuit. So some people will come in, just go on the treadmill, maybe do a bit of one-to-one. -one. Mm -hmm. But also within the umbrella of the gym, we've also got a hairdresser, a beauty salon, and a massage okay. place. So a lot of women can come in, do their 30 minutes, but we also offer other things um, available if they should need it yeah like a one-stop shop i mean you work out you get all sweaty you go to the salon <laughs> get a haircut make it all clean awesome absolutely absolutely i like that concept maybe i should you know do that someday oh my goodness wow anyway um so you i have, have had a lot of requests i have had a lot of requests from women to open a male only one as well because a lot of their husbands have said why can't i have something like you've got Maybe that's a good idea in the future, Nikki. You never know. Yeah, absolutely. My goodness. 
Um, but yeah, so 30 minute circuit, one-on-one <laughs> -on -one personal training. Those are the two services there. Uh, I'm curious with those two services, how many ladies are you serving right now? At the moment, our membership's about 150. Um, okay. Pre-pandemic, we were about 190. But obviously, over the pandemic, when we were closing, we lost a lot of members. Mm -hmm. And it's only slowly where they're getting comfortable coming back to a gym situation. So mm -hmm. we've still got a lot of older members who aren't coming back yet because they're still wary about going out into public. But at the moment, we've got about 140 140 membership okay yeah and you know covid did a big thing in our industry it hit us really hard um, and a lot of gyms nowadays they're they're struggling to get back to those pre-covid numbers because they're like i want to get yeah. back to those like yes i love where i am but you know i really want to grow again get back to where we were uh pre-covid but so right now you're at about 140 members 150 um Pre-COVID is 190. So I'm curious, you know, moving forward, Nikki, do you want to stay at 140, 150? Or you eventually want oh, to bring no, no. some more ladies I'm in looking, and grow it up? I'm aiming 200, 250, which was okay. my, my, that was my ultimate goal pre-COVID, but obviously yeah. took a great big dive. So gradually working back up. Okay. So ambitious. I like to hear that. It's always exciting to hear a gym owner say that. So Goal is 200, 250. So that makes me wonder, what's the size of this facility? It's not big. It's, it's um, about, I think it's about 36 square meters. Does that might sound right? right? No, I can't, I'm not sure. But it's not a big place. It's okay. just got enough for equipment going around. But because they can come in, once they start the, the, the circuit, Yep. It doesn't matter. People can keep coming in because everyone moves around together. So we're not limited. So we can have about 10, 12 in any one time, which doesn't sound much, but over the course of the week. Over the course of the week, right. that's, that's quite a bit of people, you know, coming yeah. in consistently. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm curious here, you know, what is the goal that you're working towards, you know, within the next year or so, Nikki, with this gym business? Well, hopefully over the next year, we can increase membership more. I mean, I'd like to be able to get back up to where we were pre-COVID mm -hmm. this next year. You know, going into it, we're, we're going into our ninth year in February. So mm -hmm. it'd be really good to get back up to sort of the pre-COVID number, maybe even aim to 200, and then, you know, um, and see where it goes. Okay. So the main goal is to get to 200, really. Just, just get to that yeah. number there. So I'm curious what would 200 members do for the business? Uh, make it much more viable, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, at the moment, I employ quite a few personal trainers. Yep. There's always a personal trainer working. So when members come in, they've always got someone to go to for advice. They yep. can book the one-to-one -one sessions. And the more members, obviously, will give me more money for flexibility to employ more trainers and more equipment so I can feed it then back into the gym. Yeah, and really make a stronger impact in the community that you have there. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious, what are you planning on doing, like doing moving forward to get back to those pre-COVID numbers and eventually a little bit more? Um, well, obviously advertising. I mean, I use mainly social media advertising. Mm -hmm. um, I've tried various things to get new members in the past. 
it's usually word of mouth. Word of mouth is the one that, that gets most of my members. Mm -hmm. So that's, I put on offers for members to bring in friends and relatives, which is always a good one. We've got quite a lot of mother-daughter um, partners who come into the gym who are members, but it's usually word of mouth. So if I put on offers, you know, bring a friend, they can come for three times for free. Mm. And by that time, if they like it, they'll sign up. Um, it just depends, really, time of year. And actually, everyone says January is the time when everyone signs up. Mm. I actually find December. I get a lot more members in December than I do January. Mm. I think January, people are still recovering from all the food they've bought and eaten, um, trying to get rid of that then get their heads around New yeah. Year's resolutions. And then eventually, and the eventually month later, February, they'll be in. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, and then all their hopes and aspirations for the next year is, is all down the toilet. Um, yeah. So we get, we've had a lot of new members this month. Yeah. I think people planning, so, right, I'm going to get into the routine before Christmas, so mm -hmm. I'm already signed up, ready to start in the new year. Mm -hmm. So... For the marketing, it's mainly the word of mouth there. You did mention that you do some social media stuff. Yeah, I use Facebook. I've put a lot of offers on Facebook. Um, and Nextdoor I use as well. Okay. So is that mainly organic or do you do the social media paid advertising side? Oh, no, no. I just do it myself occasionally. Oh, okay. So yeah. hey. I'm curious, how many, how many ladies come through the door on average per month? um per month probably well, in terms of, of leads not like paying members but like cold new leads that are potential clients uh probably about 10 15 okay so is that good or would you eventually want to bring in some more leads per month um possibly more well obviously the more leads you get in a month the more people who are going to see the facility Stick at it and sign up you know we do quite a lot of free we offer a free trial come and try it um, mm -hmm. i suppose out of the 15 20 who come in about 10 12 sign up so okay. yes obviously the more you get coming through the door the more you're going to get signed up so it's, you know it's a vicious circle isn't it mm -hmm. um so with your experience with the you know word of mouth and organic side of things do you feel like it's you know predictable every single month or or not so much? Um, some months are better than others. The summer is always quiet. August is always quiet because mm -hmm. a lot of people are on holiday. You don't get the passing footfall so much in August, mm -hmm. um, which is when I generally put on offers to bring in friends and family because if they've got friends and family staying, they'll quite often bring them or they introduce new people to the gym. So that's when I tend to put those offers on. Okay. So moving forward, since you, know, you just said that it's not always predictable, what else are you gonna do to get that consistent lead flow coming in, especially during those slow and cold months? Um, I think, I mean, if that's when I put the adverts on, the offers on. Okay. Um, at the moment, I'm selling vouchers for Christmas. Okay. So, you know, sort of if you buy a voucher, it's you buy two, two months to pay two months to get three months membership. Mm -hmm. And that's we sold quite a few of those as Christmas presents. 
Mm -hmm. um, so it's just finding different ways, different offers of using sort of like Facebook, Nextdoor and present members. That's mm -hmm. the three that work the most. Okay. Hey, uh, can you hear me? I think it just yes. froze. Yes, yes. Okay. Yes. Sorry about that. Yeah, I just froze. But um, okay. So you mainly do the Facebook next door and the word of mouth there. So I'm curious, yeah. let's just say a new prospect comes to the door at your facility. What is the process process look like from new cold lead to new paying member? Okay, so when they come in, we give them, we show them around the gym, we explain the system, we've got a traffic light system so that everyone moves on at the same time. Yep. So we show them the traffic lights, we show them the circuit. Then we offer them a free trial and get them to sign up for a free trial. So they come in, do the circuit once. Mm -hmm. Generally, most of them will want to sign up as soon as they finish their free trial because they've enjoyed it. They've seen how, you know, in half an hour, you can do a full body workout. You only need to do 30 minutes, four or five times a week to get mm -hmm. your allocation of exercise. So they can see it's an easy, manageable way of doing it. And because it's a set circuit, they can see that it's easy to go in, go out, you know, not have to worry about time. What, what equipment am I going to go on? Have I got to queue? By doing the free trial, they can see how it all fits in. So it's usually quite a simple process. They come in off the street, we show them around, we give them the free trial. And by then, most of them usually sign up. Okay. So... Is it you who handles that, that sales process or is it someone else within the business? No, it's the personal trainers because the personal trainers are always there working. So right. when people come in, they're the ones that welcome them, show them. If I'm working, if I, you know, I'm a personal trainer, I've done all my qualifications. So if I'm working, mm -hmm. then it would be me. But if I'm not working, um, then it's whichever personal trainer is working and they're all trained to do the free trial, to sign people up. So they all know the system and they know how to sell it. Okay. So personal trainers do it if someone comes to the door. It's kind of like whoever sees that person coming to the door, they just go to them and be like, hey, how are you doing? Like, here's like, welcome yeah. to the gym. Want to do a free trial? Let's do it. So on the sales side of things, I'm curious, you know, do you guys do any kind of like sales training? Is it more like one-on-one -on -one within the gym or do you guys pay for sales training from other, you know, sales experts like Doran Belfort, Grant Cardone, stuff like that? No, we haven't, we haven't got any sales training. We, okay. we, we just rely on the gym. So we've got no sales training between us. We've got, you know, we just sell the gym because we know the gym. Okay. So I'm curious, what's your opinion on sales? Um, Interestingly, one of my personal trainers did her training in the States mm -hmm. she's much more, it is much more, because when she came over, she said, have I got to keep mentioning the name? Have I got to keep saying and plugging it and advertising it? I said, well, no, because if they're here, they know we're here, you mm -hmm. know, so it's a, it is a very com different concept, I think, in the States to what it is in the UK, mm -hmm. you know, particularly from the sales side. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. That was actually a question that I had lingering in my head was let's just say, you know, I decided to come over to Bristol or, you know, my girlfriend does, how is she going to know that you guys are there? Um, Google, I guess a lot of them Google ladies only gyms or gyms near me. And it, it's flagged up then um, because we are one of the only few 
ladies only gyms you know in i think there's another one in bristol mm -hmm. um but again a couple of them there were more but a lot of them closed down because of covid mm -hmm. but googling ladies only gym instantly flags us up okay so the seo is there you're able to find your facility if you guys well if the prospect looks it up if they go to there okay so I have another question here for you, Nikki, and I like to ask this because it gets you thinking about the business. It's a hard question. Take your time if you want to, to answer it. But what do you think is the biggest bottleneck in the business right now that is holding you back from getting to that next level of where you want to go? Um, hmm. Yeah, it's a tricky question. Um, I think a lot of the, it, there's still a lot of reservation post COVID. I think there's still, I think the biggest stopping block is that a lot of people, particularly a lot of our potential members are still thinking, is it safe to go into a public area? Is it safe to go into a gym environment? And I think a lot of things like that um, is, are the stumbling blocks. Hmm. So, Tell me more about that. What do you mean exactly? Well, I think, I, I know there are still about 20, 30 members mm -hmm. who were regular members right from the beginning, mm -hmm. but they haven't come back because they are mm. still wary of COVID. And mm -hmm. I think this, the whole COVID thing, is there's still a lot of people out there who are still worried about it. So it's overcoming that and, and getting them to see that actually, the gym is a safe place that people aren't catching viruses and that from the gym. Mm -hmm. um, and it's getting that message across to people, I think. Okay. That makes more sense. So it's like trying to help the original members understand that, mm -hmm. Hey, times now are better than they used to come on in. Let's work out. Let's do the circuit yes. here. Let's have some fun. Yeah. Right. Uh, so I'm curious, you know, as the business owner here, do you think it would be more efficient to focus on them and try to get them back in or eventually get new people in and have them cycling through the circuits? Well, I, I mean, at the moment, I'm trying to do both. You okay. know, I, I try and contact the old members and say, look, come back. Mm. But I'm also targeting new people, sort of the young mums, um, you know, when their kids go start at school in September, yep. let's get them in. So it's targeting different audiences Throughout the year, I suppose there's different times of year when if it's slack on one thing, then I'll promote it to mm. a different audience. And then if I've got a gap here, then I'll try and contact all the old members. Mm. But it's just giving them confidence. I think it's just making a statement that we're still here and we're still going. Even and we still want you to come in the gym. Yeah. 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 So you said targeting. So I'm curious, what kind of targeting are you doing to get those new members in right now? I think that's the offers I have on, you okay. know, it's, I mean, it is word, but I've tried doing leaflets. I have, I advertise in some of the local um, journals and magazines and stuff. Mm. Um, but some of that works, some of it doesn't. It's kind of hit or miss sometimes. The, yeah. Over the years, I've tried, you know, I've tried leafleting houses, but that doesn't really work. Mm. I've tried advertising in certain areas. Um, but that hasn't always worked. I've tried student mags, I've tried cinema mags. But basically at the end, it all comes back to word of mouth. 
mm. you know, whenever they do a free trial, it's how did you hear about us? And mm. it's either Google, where they've Googled ladies own a gym, yeah. or word of mouth, a friend's told me, or I've come in with a friend. You know, it's never the leaflets I've sent out or the adverts I've put on. Um, it's you, that's when they, that's where I get them from. Mm. So you mentioned offers, and I'm curious, you know, what are you offering to the members now that are getting them to come in? Uh, well, at the moment, I said, I've got the Christmas offer, you know, the Christmas vouchers. So okay. I've advertised that on Facebook. So we've had a few people who've seen the offer and have said, oh, I'm really interested. Can you tell me more? Mm. And I've also offered it to present members who, and then some of them have bought it for um, friends and relations, you know, so those two things. And then in the new year, I'll do something else. In the summer, I have bring a friend or a relative to the gym and mm. that quite often works. But mm. I've tried, over the years, I've tried different things, but in the end, because we keep a record of how people have come, you know, heard of us, mm. then, you know, I, it's silly paying lots of money, a couple of hundred pounds a month on advertising if no one's coming in from those adverts. Mm. Yeah, I agree with you. And if, you know, nobody's coming in from those ads, then what's the point? Because you're just burning money. So it's yeah. really like understanding how to do it in the correct way instead of doing what's not working, right? Um, and you mentioned before that, you know, the goal here is to get to 200, 250. So I'm curious, you know, do you think that like only word of mouth and the um, vouchers there, I, I love those two things because, you know, they're free and they're, you know, you don't have to put any money into them, but do you think that those two avenues are predictable in order to get to those big numbers that you want to strive for? I think so eventually. I mean, I, I don't know what else to try to, mm. you know, to achieve that because uh, they're the ones that work. They're the ones that get in the members. Okay. So, you know, I don't know what else I can try that I haven't tried. Mm. Okay. Yeah. That's um, exciting to look forward to, to see what you're going to do to, to get those 200, 200 to 250 members in. Um, but Nikki, we are running short on time, but before we sign off, I would love for you to share that one piece of advice that you would give your younger self getting into this gym business. Um, I would say not jump into it quite so fast and just take time to work out all the parameters around what you're going to need to do before you open up. Because okay. I opened up and it's like, oh my God, I hadn't thought of that, I hadn't thought of that, I hadn't thought of that. And I already had the premises, I found the premises and got everything sorted mm -hmm. before thinking anything through. So if I did it again, I would give it six months of planning, more planning before mm. I actually opened it. I think I opened, then planned. I think yeah. I'd plan, then open. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you didn't aim, you just shot, fired, and then aimed Absolutely, after. yeah. 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 But I mean, that's the, that's the fun part about business is that if well, it's you yeah, know truly your passion, you want to do it, dive right in. And then yeah. once you get into the fire, you know, you're like, Oh wait, now I got to understand what I'm doing. I got to figure it out right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. But Nikki, I, I love loved that. that whole eight years. So it's been, yeah. a I mean, experience. That's, that's the most important thing is like, as long as you're enjoying it and as long as, you know, it's fulfilling you and other people, it's all that matters. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, awesome, Nikki. Um, before we sign off, what are your social medias and your website so our listeners can find you? Uh, Facebook, which is Trainers um, Bristol. Mm-hmm. And the website is Trainers. Um, uh, I can't think what it is at the moment. No worries. <laughs> just trainers. Just Google Trainers. Trainers. Look up Trainers. Trainers, trainers Bristol. Awesome, Nikki. Thank you for sharing those. And I want to thank you again for hopping on the podcast today and, you know, contributing to the show is a pleasure to speak with you. Okay, thank you. Of course. And everyone else who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. And don't forget, if you want to be notified about our future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you're interested in joining us to talk about your gym business, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Hannah, and joining us on the show is Mel and Shannon from Austin Muscle Restoration in Austin, Texas. Welcome to the show, ladies. How are you? Hi, thank you. We're very excited to be here. thanks for having us yeah of course I'm super excited to have you guys on um before we dive into the the studio and the fitness side first tell us about what made you want to start the studio in the first place I guess we'll start with Shannon and then we'll get into Melanie's story too sure um so I'll start by saying that um I I hope I'm not too long-winded but I think it's an interesting story my husband was a personal trainer going back more than 20 years Um, He really loved personal training and he kept having clients come in that were injured Mm -hmm. and he would send them away and they would come back. And sometimes, you know, their injury just wasn't resolving. And they, he really became interested in how do you help people continue to exercise after some sort of injury? Mm -hmm. So he um, became a resistance training specialist and then a muscle activations technique specialist and then a muscle system specialist. So um, he started dabbling in muscle restoration and eventually um, it was so popular. He, after about a few years, he was just doing full-time table work. <laughs> People were more interested in his rehab than his personal training. Um, so he became pretty successful as just a solo practitioner for body work. Uh, and then we really realized that just doing body work isn't enough. Like people need to be in the gym. They need the the exercise end of it. Uh, So we opened a full gym, hired professionals uh, to help people. So it's kind of a continuum. Um, He sort of gets them out of crisis and then we start strengthening and rehabbing in our gym. Uh, 
And um, he was successful, like I said, as a solo uh, practitioner. And then my background is I started my career as a licensed psychologist. I taught um, psychology University of South Alabama, I moved into the corporate world, did corporate training management. And then I decided to start my own business about eight years ago. And I became absolutely obsessed with entrepreneurship, started taking entrepreneurship classes, started being an entrepreneurial coach. And then one day my husband, Brandon, asked me, you know, can you help me? Like all this stuff you're learning, take me from a practitioner to a business. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, sure. That'd be fun. So we sat down, we launched a business. Uh, and then it sort of became both of our full-time jobs because we love entrepreneurship. And I will say Mel is here with us today. Uh, Mel is one of our outstanding professionals. But another thing I love about Mel and the reason I invited her to her today, because she has a very strategic mind and she loves entrepreneurship too. So I hope um, we go at it at a sort of a family. We call it the AMR family. Um, and so we really love input from our professionals as to you know where we're going. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that you you combine kind of your business side with your husband's passion and expertise um, and created this business. Um, so Mel, tell us about how you became part of the team as well. What's your background and how you met Shannon and, and Brandon? So uh, so when I met Shannon and Brandon, um, it was the height of the pandemic, actually. Um, it was kind of after we had gotten out of lockdown. Um, but I had I was a I was a group fitness professional um, for about nine years or so. And it started off as a side gig. It became a full-time gig as I was trying to gear up to start a nonprofit. Um, and, uh, and it was supposed to launch in, in fall of 2020. And when that didn't happen, um, I lost all of my jobs, um, when we went into lockdown and ended up having to start a personal training business. I was getting a lot of calls from my group class clients asking me if, if I could train them one-on-one. -on -one. And I was like, I don't do that. I don't, I don't like that stuff. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and ended up, ended up doing it and really loving it. And the thing that was really interesting to me about all of it was that I was seeing all of these people that I knew that I had known for a long time, but I was seeing things on them I had never seen before. Um, a lot of them were range of motion limitations or, um, sensations that they were describing to me that I never would have known in a group class. Um, and so I started really veering into understanding um, injury a lot more and wanting to learn more about it. Um, and so I was connected um, to Shannon and Brandon through a mutual friend. Uh, her name is Angie Hedgel. She actually does our social media. Um, and uh, and the first time I met Shannon and Brandon, I like walked out after meeting them and just cried in the parking lot with joy. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I feel like I, I found the thing that, that I, that I want to do. I found something that checks all my boxes and fills that gap that, that not having this nonprofit would have, would have done for me. So it was a really interesting turn of events. Yeah, that's amazing. You found something that was a combination of fitness and, you know, helping people who really need you. I really relate to that. Whenever I graduated, uh, I have a degree in physiology, but I was like, I'm not personal training. I was like, that's the one thing I don't want to do. I'm not doing that. It's not for me. And then that's what I ended up doing for two years after college and loved it. <laughs> it's funny how that works out. <laughs> um, but Shannon, going back to you, tell us about Austin Muscle Restoration. So if someone's, you know, never heard of you, how do you describe um, the studio and, and what you offer? Yeah, so we're really a very niche studio. I mean, we we call ourselves a mission-driven business, um, and we have three missions, so I'll start there. 
Um, one is that we believe resistance training should be accessible to everyone. And so we really try to fill, you know, a gap in the fitness market for um, people that are complicated, have low thresholds, or they're just embarrassed to go to a gym. Um, if any, if there is anything mentally or physically that makes exercise a challenge, then, you know, we are the studio for you. We can work with anyone. Um, two, um, we believe deeply that people shouldn't have to live with pain or movement limitations if there's any solution available. So we really focus on very complicated cases that people are losing hope for help or healing. Um, we really like to see, is there, you know, we're sometimes just the last stop. Is there anything we can do? And third, um, you know, we give 10% of our gross income to Charity Water to build wells in Africa. I think we've funded um, oh gosh, at least 14 or 15 water projects and supplied clean water to over 2000 um, people. So, um, you know, we put people first, um, hope and family are sort of our terms. Um, we were a well-being business. So, um, you know, we really try to put service first and people first. Yeah, I love that. That's amazing. Yeah, it sounds like your whole business is centered around giving people a better life. So I think that's amazing. Yes. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, so, I'm curious, you mentioned off camera to me or off air that you don't really have like memberships or you don't have, you know, like member based. Um, so how do people find out about you? How do you get the word out um, and reach those people that need you? So that is a great question. We have been so incredibly blessed because, um, you know, I learned a long time ago that it takes like three influencers to build a business. Like if you can groom three influencers, um, we didn't really do that, but we have like three influencers. Um, so I would say about half of our practice was built by networking with um, medical professional in town um, and just um, someone that my husband randomly met one time at Whole Foods and she's referred, you know, and those two sources launched our business. And then we added a third um, person. And then on top of that, um, referrals were almost exclusively a referral based business. Um, that's worked wonders for us. Um, I think, you know, if you can have incentives for people, you know, your clients to refer you, but it's often really just looking for, for three, you know, going out and networking with whoever, like for us, functional medicine doctors, we share a lot of the same population. So networking with functional medicine, um, we did launch the first ever ad campaign and it went live and um, the month that uh, COVID hit. <laughs> <laughs> we really don't know if all the investment we put in it would have paid off. We think it might have. Uh, we may try again in the future. Um, but we did recently invest um, quite a bit in SEO and we took some time to find the right company. And we have been so pleased that that is absolutely paying off. So for the first time in the decades that we've been doing this, uh, the right SEO company is actually really paying off for us. That's awesome. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, I've heard a lot of horror stories of, you know, marketing companies and, and ad agencies, and I've heard a lot of great things. So, so tell me about, you know, the SEO ads that you're running. Um, how many leads do they bring in about, or are they quality? Like, what are the great things that, that you like about the SEO ads? So it's really just optimizing um, our, you know, AdWords on our website. Mm -hmm. So um, because we're so niche, it's really um, getting people knowing that we have medics equipment um, that, you know, um, Mel wrote a great article about, 
you know, self-love. Um, Brandon did a video about hope. So, and, and then just things like back pain, tennis elbow, all of those things. Um, what's interesting is that the traffic to our website has increased by hundreds fold. Um, but because I don't, I don't think we, you know, we are not the gym for everyone. A lot of people, um, come to our website, but you know, they don't purchase a service. So we're not trying to do volume. Um, what's great about the SEO is that when you get the right word and you get to the right audience or the right person is searching for you, and it's usually something along the lines of alternative to physical therapy or something like that, um, we're getting quality clients. And so we're getting three or four a month, which for us is quite, I mean, you know, there was a time we were getting five clients every quarter or every year. So getting five or six quality clients a month is almost more than we can do because once someone comes to us and they're the right client, they tend to sort of um, buy into a lot of services. It's pretty intensive. Yeah. Tell me more about the services that you offer. So someone might come in because they're having some sort of pain and you help them with that. How do you keep them long-term past, you know, the point of, okay, my back's feeling better. How do you keep them as, you know, a long-term client? Yeah. So that's the great question. Um, you know, most people come to us for, because something has happened that's acute. Mm-hmm. Um, but we try to help people understand that, you know, for example, we had a call the other day and a lady said, well, I'm having, you know, I had an accident and my knee hurts. And I said, well, I was explaining our evaluation process. And she said, but I know why it hurts. Like, can't you just work on my knee? Um, but why was the knee vulnerable? You know, so somebody tears an ACL or, um, you know, has an Achilles problem, whatever it is, what's the underlying vulnerability. So we try to help them understand, yes, people want immediate like relief and rehab. But we want to check all the vulnerabilities, all the input factors. And then we try to help people understand the most important thing you can do is consistent maintenance. Everybody, everybody, everybody should be resistance training for metabolic health, um, overall well-being, bone health, all of those things. So um, we have a full gym and we offer training as a continuum to our services. Not everybody will do that. Um, and if they won't, we hope that they're, we, we can guide them on exercising on their own. And so again, that's not everyone, but many of our clients do understand the value of, and we try to help them understand the value of prevention, long-term health, long-term well-being. Mel, I don't know if you want to add something to that. No, I think you nailed it. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah, I think that's important. And part of our job as people in the fitness industry is just get people aware that resistance training is, is crucial to long-term health and, and metabolic health and not just, you know, cure the knee pain, but yeah, get to the bottom of what's the imbalance there that's causing it and how can we prevent it from happening again? So that's awesome that you take it um, a step further than just, you know, rehab. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell me about like the sales process. Like if someone's interested or they click on an ad or they inquire on the website, what's the next step? Um, what happens next? So also a great question. Um, I actually come from a sales background. I was with a sales organization for many years and um, I sort of have an anti-sales policy. (laughs) Um, I truly, truly, truly lead with service. Um, And so I think that's really hard when you're starting a business and your income isn't where you want it to be. Um, Even though most, I believe most fitness professionals are helpers and they do want to serve people or they wouldn't be in the industry. But it's really hard not to fall into sales when you are kind of desperate for dollars. Um, So I think that we're at a really good place where 
um, when people call. So I, at this point, I've tried many things, um, but to come through our doors at this point requires a phone call with me because I just want to understand who you are and what your goals are and if we're the right business for you. And I think it's wonderful when you get to a place where you can say with honesty, you know what, I don't think we're right for you, or let me give you, get, let me get you to the right person. Um, but it's really a conversation. And then I put them with the right professional. And, um, you know, I try to never, I try to never think about money or sales because uh, we just want to serve people. I, I think when you lead with sales, sometimes things can go wrong. <laughs> yeah, I think especially in your case where you're, you're helping, you know, definitely lead with, you know, person first. Mom, were you going to add something to that? I would love to add something to that. I think that, I think that our services really sell themselves. Um, our assessment process is really involved. Um, so they get a personal call from Shannon or a phone call to Shannon, and we get to know them a little bit better. And then we have a really involved intake form um, where we're asking about every single injury they've ever had. Um, and then our, our assessment is so involved that by the time they're done with the assessment, people are like, no one has ever looked at me that closely before. And that, that in itself is just a testament to the kind of care that they're going to be getting. And so people are usually pretty on board um, as soon as they're done with the assessment and we give them our findings. Yeah, I think that's amazing. Yeah, getting in depth with people and, and showing them that, you know, there's value to this beyond what you could get in, you know, a big box gym or just a physical therapist. You know, you really are, are there for everything and the whole aspect of it. Um, so I'm curious. Um, so what are your goals going forward? It sounds like you have a great model, um, great business. What, what else do you hope to accomplish in the next you know, couple of years? So that is a great question. Um, if it's okay, I want to take a step back before I go forward because Mel said something I want to highlight too. Yeah, go ahead. I think one of the most successful things we did is um, the way that we wrote language on our website. And I know there's like great language coaches out there. Um, but one thing we found is that when you write the right language on your website and someone gets to your website, by the time they're done reading it, um, we've gotten to a place and we've written it and rewritten it and rewritten it. But we're at a place where when the right client gets to our website, they're done. Like they're already bought in. So there's, um, like Mel said, I mean, even by the time they schedule, they, they don't have questions. They just want to be there. They're ready to get started. A lot of times at the end of an assessment, you know, okay, what, what you know, they're saying, can, can, how fast can I start? So I think a huge piece of it is they buy in before we ever get the call or meet them. So where are we going? This is interesting because Mel and I had this um, discussion yesterday. And in fact, we had this discussion as a team in December and then Mel and I had another discussion. Um, we often consider expanding AMR at second location, a bigger gym. Right now, we're so happy with the three professionals we have because they're so niche. Um, I also provide um, coaching for our clients. So there's kind of four of us providing different things. We've decided to stay small, to stay niche, to stay highly, to stay highly specialized. And the and then so we're gonna buy more medics, more equipment to continue to stay specialized. Um, but the exciting thing is all of our practitioners are interested in education and teaching. And so what we really want to do is start teaching um how to make resistance training accessible to the lower thresholds. Uh, we want to teach more about um 
restraint. We have a whole menu of classes we'd like to start teaching. And my vision and Brandon's vision, which we've had for 10 years now, is that in every gym in America, like this is our ultimate vision, have someone who's certified in low thresholds so that when someone walks into a gym with MS, with lupus, with Parkinson's, that's a stroke survivor, um, that has never exercised in their life, that somebody in that gym knows exactly, come on in, I know where to start you, we know how to dose and progress you, um, that's safe, that makes you feel good. Um, and so that's kind of like been our vision for years is to have this education certification component, because that's the way that we could actually serve more people is more trainers being comfortable with the people that are the underserved. And uh, Mel, you were part of that conversation. I don't know if you want to jump in on that. <laughs> so, um, so education is actually my specialization. Um, the nonprofit that I was going to start was an educational facility. It was a mobile science program. Um, I was a science educator for a really long time. And one of my favorite things is to break things down that are complex, um, which I think is why I love this job so much. Why I think I like this career path that I've taken because it's super fun to deconstruct and really understand what's happening underneath the, all of the things that you're seeing. But anyway, um, we feel that education um, to other professionals is the ultimate thing that we could do to serve our community and to serve maybe even beyond our, our, our local community. We're just, um, we all have really interesting gifts and it was just such a weird coming together of all of these different personalities. It was just so serendipitous for all of us to come together and for all of us to have these different specializations that all kind of like work towards the same vision. Yeah, I think that's awesome. That's really special that you all have like a different niche, but you all, you know, are, are working towards the same goal. Um, and I think that's a good call to, you know, keep it small, keep it within the amazing team that you have now and just improve on the services that you're offering. Um, so like Shannon, you mentioned adding services um, for, you know, that lower threshold clientele. Is that something you have the member base for now? Or is that something that if you introduced, you'd have to go out and market for? Um, I apologize. I didn't understand the question. Yeah. So um, let's say you add new services, new classes. Do you have members now that would benefit from that? Or is that something that you feel like you would need to utilize more marketing for? Like you would have to yeah, so add members to support the services or do you have the members for the services? If that makes yeah, sense. So we have, uh, we're in a good place with what we provide, but we're only three professionals. And um, I think our thought process is this there's so many underserved populations the lower thresholds are the underserved in the fitness industry and we're only three people we can only serve who we can serve so how do we you know do we just keep building amr2 and amr3 it seems to us the better route is creating a certification system where where professionals anywhere can learn to work with those people. So if you're at Gold's Gym or you're at, you know, you're a trainer at Lifetime, wherever you may be, um, and you feel underserved, you can go find a trainer that does what we do in other locations. So I think our thought process is instead of expanding our space, why don't we expand education so that people in any, you know, one thing that happens is we get calls from Minnesota, Canada, California, um, where can I find someone like you? Well, we don't really know of any other gyms like us. So the thought process is, can we train other trainers 
to help these folks all over the United States and beyond because we could never expand enough to help as many people out there that need the, the services. I don't know if that answers the question. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, have you considered, you know, to reach those people outside of your community, any sort of like online offerings or services, like a virtual class or service? You know, we do some virtual, but the, but we're so specialized that our specialists really work with people in real time. So um, we want people coming in and we're responding to, because our people are complicated, you know, one day their thresholds aren't going to be the same as they may be the very next day or the very next week. So we do specialize in um, really highly complicated people. But what we would like is, again, just in the real fitness world in every gym in America, there's somebody that can work with somebody that walks in and they've got drop foot or they've had a stroke and they're very limited um, that somebody would know exactly how to work with them and how to start that process. Yeah, totally. That makes sense. Um, yeah, it definitely is a specialized community where you'd rather see them in person um, for sure to be able to provide them with the best mm -hmm. service. Um, so what would you say is like the biggest challenge or bottleneck you face right now um, in getting to that next level of the business? What's like the biggest challenge business-wise? Well, I think there's a couple of things. I mean, I think we make more money every year, but our income never goes up <laughs> because you always have to reinvest, right? And so um, there's always something more that you need. We actually need a little bit more space. Um, so I think there's always this balance of making more and then investing more. We try to make before we invest. Um, so that's just always, that's that's a never ending challenge because we want to be continuous improvers. Um, I think the other thing that Mel and I probably touched on is time. Um, we really want to launch educational classes. We've been talking about it for a decade. Um, it's a matter of, you know, we all, all four of us get paid by the hour. I'm sure most people on your podcast can relate to that. Um, so where do you carve out time to invest in education and the next step to get residual income without taking away from your day-to-day -day income? So I feel like there's never, you know, there, we always need more resources, but I feel like right now we're trying to figure out how do we carve out more time to invest in the next level. <laughs> totally. Yeah, that makes sense. I feel like everyone, especially entrepreneurs, like if I could just have two of me, that would solve it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly for sure um okay so before we um jump off here tell us something that you wish you would have known before you became a business owner and that i'd like to hear from both of you you know before before getting into this industry what's something that you wish you would have known maybe for a listener who's aspiring to own their own studio or gym someday what would you tell them you know that's a great question because um it took me years to learn how to build a business and what I really wish, and maybe I should write it, I would have loved a little 101 biz, like start a business 101. Mm -hmm. How you come up with your theme words, your colors, your tagline, your logo, you know, your LLC. Um, it would have been nice just to have a compact step one, two, three, four, five in building a business. We figured that out, but that I think that would have been marvelous. Um and and yeah, maybe we'll maybe we'll make a little um, ebook. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Add it to your education. Education. Right. Yeah. Right. Why not? Mel, what would you say to someone who who's looking to start their own business? What would be a big piece of advice you'd give them? Um, get your finances in order. Mm -hmm. Um, have a clear have a clear um, a clear setup 
um, and a separate setup for your business finances um, from your personal finances. Um, being able to budget for things just was so much easier for me um, when I made that when I made that change. Um, the first time I started um, a, a business that I felt that I felt was successful, it was because I had finally figured out how to separate my finances so that I could figure out exactly what it was that I needed, exactly how much I was making, um, exactly what I needed to pay in taxes as a 1099 um, and, and, and all of that stuff. Multiple bank accounts <laughs> for the win. Yes, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I think that was like a big eye opener to me when I opened the bakery. I'm like, oh, I'm not just making, you know, cookies all day. There's a lot that goes into this. I need to, you know, keep track of my numbers and and know what's going on on the business side. So I think that's great advice. <laughs> Tax season coming up, everyone know your numbers. <laughs> um, awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for everything that you've shared with us today. Um, before we sign off here, tell us where can we find you? What is your website, your social media? Um, where are you located? Yeah, so we're Austin Muscle Restoration online, on Instagram, and on YouTube, Facebook as well. And we're most active on Instagram. So Austin Muscle Restoration, we would love for people to connect and give us a follow. Awesome. Love that. Great. Thank you guys so much for being on the show today. Really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedules um, to meet and get back to the show. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. Yes. And to everyone who listened today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description and we'll be in touch soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.